My name is David Hershkovitz. I'm the founder of Paper Magazine, and this is Light Culture. Listen, learn, and stay ahead of the curve as I knock heads with cultural disruptors of the past, present, and future. Light Culture is brought to you by Burb, the Vancouver-based cannabis brand. Travis Mills and Nick Gross are girlfriends. No, not like that. Like the pop-punk band girlfriends that's dropping new singles as we speak with a full-length album out this summer. Travis, once known by the stage name T. Mills, first rose to fame in the early 2010s when he collaborated with the likes of T.I., Dom Kennedy, and Ty Dolla Sign. He's also an actor and the host of The Travis Mills Show on Apple One Radio. Nick has produced songs for Ariane Grande and Wiz Khalifa, while also playing drums for the band Goldfinger. He's a serial entrepreneur and CEO of Big Noise Music Group. Welcome, guys, to the Light Culture Podcast. Thanks for having us. Sure. Yeah. Girlfriend, first, any pushback from women feeling that you're appropriating their gender? You know, people are very touchy these days. No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I think the way that we approached the band name was uh, from a comical point of view and how funny it would be if Nick and I were on stage every night being like, hey, what's up, Arizona? We're girlfriends. What's up, girlfriend? What's up, girlfriends? <laughs> so are you going to be pushing that joke as you go along or do you think the, the issue will drop? by the wayside i think it's kind of dropped i mean we say it every single night but i don't know if people are catching the joke maybe it's just over everyone's head so i understand that when you proposed the name originally nick was all for it right away as well was that a good sign that you guys going to be on the same page going forward with regard to what you're going to be doing creatively I mean, you know, I've always respected Travis's creative mind and it was the first thing that he brought to the table. It was like, listen, I got five band ideas, band name ideas. Here's the first one, Girlfriends. And I said, say no more, Travis. That's the band name right there. So <laughs> it was a fairly easy kickoff start to figuring out what easy. this band was going to be about. Yeah, before we even had songs, we had a band name. So that actually probably helped inform a lot of this, the sound and the vibe of what the project turned in to be or turned out to be. So yeah, it's... um. I don't know. It was a great name. Really? I, I'm really curious. How would it inform the sound? I mean, you're the producer guy. You're thinking about things of that nature as well as drumming, playing a lot of instruments. How does that work on you? How does that, what did that tell you at that point? In terms of the band name itself? Yeah, you, you said it informed the sound. I'm just curious. Yeah, like, what I did mean, you I, hear when you heard that name? What did you hear in your head? Yeah, I mean, I, I it definitely felt like a, you know, youthful, high energy, fun, you know, not taking ourselves too seriously type of vibe. And yeah, I, feel, yes. I feel like that's kind of the whole nature of our band too. It's like, yeah, we're not like, you know, two dudes who are like, you know, too cool for school, right? Like we're very much like a product of this genre and like the bands that we grew up loving and, and those bands knew how to have fun and, you know, how to, how to make jokes and, you know, it was it was very lighthearted, but the music still had a message. And I think uh, I think the band name really encapsulates encapsulates that. And um, it, it comes through in the songs as well. Could I ask some of the other names that weren't used? What, what those might have been? <laughs> we never we never went through them. So they're just sitting on a note in my phone and, and I've never said them out loud. 
So okay. it was just like girlfriends from day one. And, and we have, we've never veered Nick to this day still hasn't heard the other names. Okay. We'll keep it a secret then. Maybe you yeah. could tell me off air. So I'll swear. Secrecy. That'll be for our next band project in 2030. Definitely. The idea of this not being so serious and having fun and so on, but as it turns out, musically and in terms of what you're singing about, these songs are kind of serious, aren't they? I think your most recent single, I think it just dropped today, right? Therapy? Uh, therapist, yeah. Therapist? That's a serious subject. And in fact, from what I've heard and, and seen you discussing with regard to what you wanted to be writing about was because you wanted, you had a lot of things on your mind that you wanted to talk about. It wasn't just like, let's party and have a good time kind of music. Correct. Yeah. I think the subject matter, obviously we're talking about real situations and things that I'm, I'm passionate about things like mental health. Um, but you know, so there, there are serious subjects. I think it's how, how we approach them. Right. And, and how we want to be perceived. Um, you know, a song like therapist, for example, um, you know, coming out during mental health awareness month. But if, if you really listen to the song, it's a love song, you know, and it's, it's saying, Hey, like, I can't wait to tell my therapist about you because I'm so, you know, I'm so in love with you and, and this is amazing. And I've been struggling for a long time. And now I finally found someone that, that makes me happy. Um, so, you know, it's not a brooding self-deprecating song about how I think I need to be in therapy. It's, it's a, it's a song about, you know, all of the things that I've been able to overcome and, and kind of looking at the bright side and the light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of this has to do with women, no doubt, girlfriends. And just coincidentally, I've been noticing recently that there seems to be a lot of interest among women in this pop punk genre. I'm going to list a few like Linda Linda's, Wet Leg, not to mention some of the classics, you know, Paramore, Olivia Rodrigo, even Avril Lavigne, who I know you guys have a history with as well. So do you think that there's like a whole resurgence in this kind of music as we're speaking, as well as just, you know, coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, you guys deciding to kind of move in this direction after having played with different other kinds of music in the past? Yeah, I think the genre is is back and it's it's alive and well, and it's cool to see it being embraced uh, in the mainstream, like how it was in the early 2000s when Nick and I, you know, were growing up and going to shows and playing in bands like this was this was the state of the scene. And then I think, um, you know, for whatever reason, it kind of imploded on itself and, and went away, just like everything. I think everything in life, you know, art, fashion, music, it's all cyclical and it, it comes around and leaves for a while and then comes back again. And I think, you know, during the 2010s and, you know, uh, up until now, it's been primarily hip hop focused in terms of, of what popular music was sounding like. Um, and now, you know, guitars are back and better than ever. And, and that's a great place to be. We didn't start the band because it was cool. Again, I think things just lined up and, you know, we were um, one of the one of the people that were kind of pushing for this for the genre. And, you know, and now you to speak on your point about, you know, women in the scene, you know, you have artists like Willow and uh, a bunch of other incredible women, Olivia Rodrigo really kind of leaning into it. And I, I think it's I think it's doing it's doing wonders. So, Nick, tell me, how did you guys meet originally? The first time, if you can remember. Yeah, Trav and I met, I think, probably for the first time at my studio in Los Angeles. Um, I think that's what I, first time I met Trav, he came over to my spot. Um, 
he was working on his Apple show back in 2015, I think for the first time when he started doing that whole thing. And my studio is right next door to where he was shooting his Apple show. So he would stop by the studio and just kind of hang and say, what's up. We ended up connecting and, and playing a show together in Orange County during his team mills project, which was a lot of fun. Um, always really liked what Travis was up to and getting to play a show with him was a lot of fun. And, um, we kind of stayed connected ever since. Um, yeah. And then kind of this, this idea around girlfriends started back in 2019. He shot me a DM on Instagram saying that he wants to start a band and it was kind of great timing for me coming out of a, uh, coming out of a project project that I've been working on. And, um, it was just good timing. I was like, man, I'd love to do that with you. Let's sit down and figure out what, what it can be and what we, what we want, what we want it to sound like. And, um, that was, and the rest was history. But yeah, I've always kind of, you know, Trav and I've known each other for probably six, seven years, maybe even longer. And Travis, what was your impression of Nick when you first ran into him? Oh, I thought he was super fucking cool. And, you know, I was recording at his studio for my solo stuff. And I was just like, dude, you have like a studio? And he's like, yeah. And I play drums. And I'm like, what? And it just so happened that um, I was doing a Christmas show and the, the guy who was playing drums for me couldn't play it. So I was like, hey, would you want to would you want to play the show with me for my solo project? And he was like, yeah. And so we did some rehearsals together and we played a show. And um, yeah, we were jamming on stage together before before the band even existed. And so we had always stayed you know, in contact and, and stayed close. And um, at the end of 2019, Nick posted something on Instagram saying that he wanted to go tour again. And I had taken like three or four years off from releasing music and I was like on a hiatus and I knew that I wanted to do something again, but it needed to be different. So I just called him after I saw his post and I was like, Hey, would you want to do something? And he was like, yeah. And we set a date to kind of go into the studio and, and think about what this band would sound like. And that's where the band name came up and we started tinkering around. And eventually we, uh, we kind of landed on, on, you know, the direction of the music that we were going to make. I think there's a relationship between hip hop and punk originally. Oh, 100%. At least. Yeah, I, I agree completely because i remember i knew africa bambata and he used to say that rap is punk you know he really felt that there were different sides of the same coin how do you guys relate to that because you've worked in, in both worlds at this point yeah i mean i think one of the things you know that hip-hop shares with punk rock is you know it's coming from a place of of being fed up with your current surroundings being kind of sick of the status quo and wanting to turn it on its head and um you know before it was popular and, and and mainstream you know both of those those genres as an artist you you had to be diy you had to throw your own shows you had to press your own records you had to do everything yourself um you know you were sampling stuff on four track recorders you were playing in a garage and you know the shittiest tones were were the coolest tones um, and it was very much a community driven genre for, for hip hop and punk rock. And so that's where I related, you know, to it the most, like that's what drew me to it. Cause as a kid, you know, punk rock was my first love. And, and, you know, at the same time, like my uncle grew up on, on, on hip hop and rap and R and B and, you know, was putting me on all those classics. And, you know, I could hear the similarities in, in the sex pistols and the Wu-Tang clan, if that makes any sense. But uh, as a kid, I, I really could. It was throwing your middle finger up to the system and, and saying, fuck everyone. Nick, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can definitely see the similarities. I think Trav hit it right on the head with all that. Do you feel like that pop punk, that's kind of the label that people have been using, do you feel that gets respect in the rap community? 
Or did people think of it as just pop, really? Less punk, more pop, less punk. But, you know, at the same time, I should add that hip-hop has become pop as well, right? So hip-hop also has that issue going on with a lot of the people who remember it in its more pure state. Yeah, I mean, I think all pop is short for is popular, right? Like any anything that is kind of having a moment is going to have that pop label slap to it. Um, I think it's funny now seeing these hip hop artists kind of gravitate and 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 move towards guitar driven loops and in, in in production and stuff like that. And you know, we're at a time where you're seeing Lil Wayne on a Machine Gun Kelly album uh, on his pop punk album, which is really cool, you know? So I, I think there's definitely respect and, and people are seeing what, you know, this resurgence of the genre is doing and, and where the attention is going to. Do you think there's too much about genres in general that it's just like music, you know, that people can like all kinds of music equally? I personally hate genre, you know, the whole label, but I think, I think just humans will inevitably always try to put something in a box, right? We always kind of want to try to explain something or, or label something. And um, I think that's why it's fun to kind of have this band because Nick and I can play around and dip our toes in, in different scenes and genres and sounds and play with textures and stuff and um, have it still sound like us. Nick? Yeah, Nick, you have, you know, because you also have a studio and recording studio and you have all kinds of musicians coming in there from hip hop to whatnot, I guess, right? Everybody's using it because it's a great studio. Do you feel like it's just music or do you feel more tied to the genre? Yeah, I don't think the genre matters as much anymore today. I think you can hear three or four different kinds of styles of music within records today. You know, you can hear pop punk stuff mixed in with hip hop, mixed in with a country vibe within the same record today. Um, and I think that's what's cool about it. Like the unexpected is what's, I think, unique in terms of like pushing new artists forward of like coming up with unexpected ways to present your music and your production and weaving different genres of music and how you write lyrics on and melodies on top of things that sound different across the span of a whole album i think is what's cool about music today it doesn't have to be just like one set thing i think that's definitely where travis and i would love to expand upon like in album three and album four and just see how we can grow the sound of what we've already done with our first two albums and start to get a little bit more experimental and um, in how we present our music. I think that's all part of what our thinking is moving forward, for sure. In terms of your own personal listening, what is what do you listen to? Is it, tell me. I don't you listen know, to music. You don't listen to, hate music. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. You don't listen to music. That's interesting. Why not? No, I don't. You don't want to be influenced or you just have too much of it every day? It's my job, dude. It's like, you know, I, I go to a <laughs> studio and I listen to songs for 12 hours. And when I get in my car and I leave, I don't want to listen to music at all. So I, I'll put on an audiobook or a podcast and kind of just do that. But yeah, I, I know it sounds crazy, but yeah, I don't really listen to music. Nick, are you on the same page? I'm kind of in the same boat. I'll listen to things that people bring up to me on a weekly basis, but I'm not, I don't like consume myself in, in albums and records. I'm probably kind of the same as Trav. I like to, I like to learn when I listen, I guess more so around like podcasts and things like that. I'm, I'm more of a fan of, I like to kind of clear my mind. I don't necessarily like to consume a ton of music stuff on a day to day. Well, today's, kind of like Trav. 
today's a big day in the music world for a lot of people because of the Kendrick Lamar's mm -hmm. release of his new album. Is that something you would want to listen to? That is something that I'll listen to only when I'm working out, though. <laughs> Kendrick is Kendrick is my workout artist. So, like, I can't listen to Kendrick when I'm driving because it makes me feel like I'm in the gym or I'm in a run. Um, so that's the, the only time that I'll listen to, to music is is when I'm working out. And Kendrick is, is definitely uh, he's that that artist for me. Nick, you agree? I love Kendrick, Kanye, Kendrick, the whole whole crew Kendrick's definitely one of my one of my favorites we spoke a little bit about mental health earlier and I have this idea of like that hip-hop has been instrumental in some respects in bringing out that subject and making it acceptable for people to talk about and you mentioned Kanye who's a great example of that because his so much of his music is kind of a live therapy session do you agree with me in that in those terms that hip-hop helped usher in the conversation regarding that or do you have other thoughts on it i think yes and no i think for a long time hip-hop suppressed the conversation of mental health right because it was it was all a facade it was how much money can you spend how many bottles can you pop in a club how many you know how many girls do you have um i think you know kanye as of late and what we've been able to witness obviously um i don't know if he's been the best advocate for it um i think you know, the conversation gets brought up when you see him have public struggles and issues with bipolar and, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, I think, you know, Schoolboy Q is one of the first people to really kind of start talking about, you know, how you can experience success and addiction and depression. Uh, if you listen to his Oxymoron album, um, that record is is kind of a great, uh, I guess, warning sign to, to all up and coming artists out there that like, even when you achieve your dreams, you know, you can be faced with with some dark realities. Um, Kendrick does a good job of that. I think now we're, we're on the right, you know, we're on the right track. Isaiah Rashad's new album talks about his battle with alcoholism and, and depression. Um, Tyler, the creator, you know, his music touches on his sexuality and, and stuff like that. So I think, I think as of late, you know, it's really been able to kind of knock down some doors. Um, but yeah, I think for a long time, it also the same genre suppressed the, the progress and, 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 the ability to talk about it. So you feel that's something that you're going to keep addressing in your work, or is it something that this album, particularly since it's coming out of this, uh, what you've referred to in these kind of some years of yours where you had a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to call mental health issues, but, you know, introspection, deep thinking about your condition and how to improve your life. I don't think I'll ever stop writing about it. I mean, that's just, that's just who I am, you know, and that's my perspective and, and how I, I mean, that's my every day. So it's not, I don't even think it's um, necessarily a, a conscious thing that, you know, I sit in a studio and be like, Hey, I'm going to write a mental health song today. I think, you know, we go into the studio, we never know what's going to happen. And the words that come out are the words that come out. And I think I'm just kind of a product of, of my own mind. And, you know, look, like therapy is something constant that I do every single week without fail, whether I'm on tour, whether I have 50 podcasts to record, whether I have a workout to hit um, every Thursday, I'm in my therapy session and nothing will interrupt it. Nothing will move it. Um, and, and I've been doing that for, you know, the last couple of years and it's helped my life tremendously. So um, I'm a big advocate for that. And, and yeah, I, I think that's just part of who I am now. Nick, you have your own 
other things that you do. I mean, I'm very curious as well about how you manage to do what you do, CEO of your company. You're an investor in, in many different startups. I've read up to 75. I've seen that number, which is hard to even fathom. And now you're, and you have this uh, Find Your Grind, this organization that you've helped build that does all this work in the schools that uh, you could tell me about. And now you're going to go on the road also and do touring. So what's your secret to keeping, keeping all those balls going at the same time? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to wear multiple hats throughout the day. I feel like that's just been a natural part of who I am as a person. I like to have my hands in a lot of different things at the same time and find ways for those things to kind of work together and help, I don't know, um, bolster or help build on each other. I get to be a founder of a company called Find Your Grind. Um, you know, been lucky enough to be able to invest in companies that I feel passionate about and believe in. And then I get to be a drummer. This awesome band called Girlfriends, you know, so it's, it's, um, I don't know, I feel like it's important to be multidimensional today. Nobody wants to be stuck in a, in a single silo um, all the time. I think it's important to like be able to figure out ways to cross artistry with brands and um, companies and all kinds of things to be able to intertwine all those worlds and industries is important today. So I've, I've just kind of taken this kind of multidimensional approach across the things that I'm doing um, and keeps me inspired in different ways. Like being a founder of a company keeps me inspired in a way that girlfriends doesn't and girlfriends keeps me inspired in a way that my business stuff doesn't. And I think that's important to have in terms of just like a overall balance in life. Um, just like, just like my own therapy session in a, in a way, you know, um, to have all these different things. So it's been a lot of fun. It's cool. Definitely day, days are busy. Days are busy. So what kind of companies are you interested in? Is this mostly tech or is it wide range? It's a blend. Yeah. It's, um, there's definitely a lot of stuff in tech. Um, obviously, there's a lot more things going on right now with in the Web3 blockchain world of things that are interesting. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot. Consumer products, um, consumer packaged goods, things, food and beverage things that are really interesting. I'm trying to focus more on things that have like a positive impact on the planet. So things that are sustainable, um, helping improve the world in a better way. So Having things of children. that nature having children like my little guy in the back yeah he's having a blast playing hockey so i gotta find the next hockey company to invest in what about cannabis is that one of your areas as well you both grew up in california more or less during legal times right so that was kind of something that was always there i didn't grow up in legal times when i turned 18 that was like when the medical that was like when medical became available and uh yeah, I remember like how drastic of a change. And now thinking back from when I was 18 and now being 33, how different it is. I mean, it's insane. I think, um, you know, one thing that America needs to focus on in California as well is, is, is the criminal justice reform. There's people locked up for, you know, for the same, the same things that, that people are able to open up a business on Melrose, right? They're doing the same exact thing. And there's people that have been in prison for 10, 20 years. So they need to sort that shit out. Yeah. By the way, people still getting arrested for cannabis. hundred percent. Yeah. So they need to figure that shit out ASAP because to me it's, it's ass backwards. Nick, is that an area of interest for you as an entrepreneur? Cannabis? Yeah. Never has been for never has been for me. I mean, I know you obviously saw a huge boom in interest in that in 2018, and I think it's since kind of dwindled a bit from that um, from that time frame. But 
a lot of uh, a lot of companies out there. I'm sure you know better than I do in terms of this cannabis space, and um, just never been something that I've been interested in. I've never been like a huge cannabis fan or user. <laughs> yeah, well, it's almost your time because a lot of people are just getting into it for the wrong reasons. You know, in my opinion, they're getting into it just because they they think they could make good investment, but they're not necessarily of the culture either. There's another aspect of the culture that people have been calling outlaw culture that has seemed to be coming more and more mainstream. It's interesting because I saw a list of some of your interests that uh, you guys may share, but at least to Travis was mentioned, UFC, snowboarding, comic books. I know psychedelics, you've had some experience with that because I saw that the, your mushroom story of your experience mm -hmm. on mushrooms. So is, is that resonate with you, that term outlaw culture as, because even punk rock and hip hop are examples of what was originally outlaw culture that has moved into the mainstream and they have become the mainstream, video games, all of these things that people would sneer at and make fun of the kids who are into that and now are like the dominant culture. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always kind of had an affinity for for the outliers and and for, you know, people kind of on the fringe of of, you know, what is quote unquote like acceptable or or you know, I've always kind of had an affinity for things that are taboo. So, um, you know, I I know that uh I know that, you know, punk rock started there. It's funny to kind of see it go into the mainstream right and like kids get praised for listening to the same bands that i got made fun of listening to in high school right it's like it's it's like wow that that flipped um but i think it's just like everything else you know that happens and, and things that are kind of um dangerous or, or things that scare people you know eventually as long as they're not awful you know evil things people warm up and, and open up to it and i think that's just progress that's the way things go. Well, I'm sorry, Nick, I cut you off perhaps because I didn't get give you a chance to talk about Find Your Grind. What does it actually do? So we're a self-discovery and career readiness platform for Gen Z students. Um, we're primarily in the K-12 industry. So we have a, a product inside of middle and high schools. Um, and really at the end of the day, it helps students kind of learn more about themselves um, explore careers and hear stories from people who are actually living those careers and, um, and really just helping them build skills for life. So the foundation of the curriculum is really rooted in helping kids develop skills that are important to be able to kind of go out and um, have a solid sensibility about you as a person entering the workspace at 18 or whenever you decide to do that as a young person. Um, I feel like that was kind of missing, at least when I was in school, of just asking the questions of why do I have to go through these particular classes and courses and the standardization that exists in the education system, killing a lot of the creativity and curiosity that I feel like is important to have as a young person to keep you interested and, and learning about things that you're interested in. And I think the education system has done a great job of killing that creativity and curiosity and that natural sense for young people. And so I really wanted to build a product that kind of change that conversation a bit. So our product is very much blends in a lot of things of um, how kids are used to consuming content today, blended with a lot of gamification and bite-sized learning and fun kind of micro assessments where you get to learn about yourself and just taking a lot of the ways that, you know, young people like to interact and engage with technology and blending that into a classroom solution was a lot of fun. And that's what we do. You know, at the end of the day, we would just want to help kids 
learn about who they want to be and where they want to go. And it's, it's been a really fun process to build this thing out. Is that targeted to any particular kind of school or student or is it go all right? Yeah, we're across everything, you know, public schools, private schools, a lot, there's a huge resurgence in, in charter schools. Um, a lot of families taking their kids out of the public school system into charter schools. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of sit in really that middle school, high school age range, but it primarily can be used really in, you know, summer programs, after school programs, um, anywhere that really has a teacher to help implement the product. And then once kids are in it, it's really self-guided and self-directed from that point forward. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys are super interesting. And Travis, before I go, I want to ask you about your show, your your radio show on Apple. Yeah. What is that all about? So I have two, actually. Uh, the Travis Mills Show. Uh, and then I also host a show called Super Bloom Radio, which is attached to a tier one playlist on Apple Music called Super Bloom. Um, and yeah, it's conversations with the biggest artists, athletes, actors, um, authors in the world. Sort of like and, my uh, show. There you go. Yeah, man. Uh, and it lives, uh, it lives all inside of everyone's phone. So if you have an iPhone and uh, yeah, you, you go to Apple Music, um, it's in front of the paywall. So you don't have to pay for anything. It's free to listen to for everyone. And um, it's on Monday through Fridays, every single day at 4 p.m. So what is it that you're trying to find out from them? Is there a theme or is it just vary depending on who the guest is? My show is very much about discovery um, and finding your next favorite artist before you do, right? And so kind of opening the door um, for artists to come on the show before other platforms have kind of given them any recognition. And it's the first kind of place that they can go um, to feel legitimized and like people are appreciating their art. And it's also a place for like older, more established artists to come to feel cool again. Sounds great. I'll, I will check it out. Travis Mills and Nick Gross, thanks so much for being thanks on for my show us. today. Man. Yeah, man, that was awesome. Great questions. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome, David. Have a good day, man. You too. You've been listening to Light Culture. You can find us at shopburb.com, Light Culture, or at Light Culture Podcast. Thanks again to Burb. You can follow them at shopburb on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to and review the show. If you would like to get in touch, reach out to me directly at David Reporting. Thanks for listening.